Welcome to Writers with Wrinkles, where authors Beth McMullen and Lisa Schmidt iron out the wrinkles in writing, publishing, and everything in between, one podcast at a time. everyone. Welcome to episode 37. We've done a little rebranding here at Writers with Wrinkles of our hot tips episodes, and we are now calling them the top five deep dives because everybody loves a good list. And hopefully this is a way to deliver five nuggets of writing related gold to you each episode, stuff that you can put into practice immediately. So today our topic for our five things is spooky middle grade fiction because those books are selling like crazy. I feel like editors cannot get enough spooky middle grade. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. And if we sound a little like loopy and off, it's because we are in different time zones from each other. And that has already led to at two o'clock this afternoon on the East Coast, which is where I am. I was like, hey, Lisa, are you getting on so we can record? And she was like, what? What do you mean? Where are you? (laughs) What time is it? Okay, so you're confused because you're in a different time zone, and I'm loopy because I had four teenage boys sleep over last night, and they were loud and crazy, and, you know, I was getting woken up, like, every couple hours with their shenanigans. I'm and impressed so, you didn't just go sleep in the car. Like, okay, I'm oh just going to go in the garage and sleep in the car. They're so oblivious. Like, mm-hmm. they they came out at, like probably three in the morning, like right outside my bedroom door. And they're just talking and laughing and screaming. And they're, I guess they came outside to cool off. Like the air conditioning wasn't cool enough for them. It was set at like 69. I'm like, okay. So it's like did they go in down. the pool? Did they go in the no, pool at and night? I just, I thought they might, but they were just crazy. And so I've been up all night and I'm delirious. Okay. So So when I get home back to my California time zone, I will send you a container of the earplugs that I wear because whenever the kids have friends over, like I don't stay up late. So I'm going to bed at, you know, 10 or 11 and teenagers want to stay up all night. So I have these earplugs that I swear by because you put them in and I mean, they could drop a bomb on your head and you'd be like, whatever, I'm sleeping. Like, I don't hear anything. And so I don't even know what time they all go home. You know, I'm just out. It's pretty awesome. I will share those to you if I ever make it back to the West Coast, which right now feels like it's going to be an eternity from now. I feel like we should share those on um, our links and stuff so that every parent has those. I will put a link to my favorite earplugs on this episode's podcast notes. That will be, you know, that will be the thing that everybody loves the most about our podcast. (laughs) How to block out the sound of your teenager. You heard it here first. Oh my God. As long as people don't use it to block out the sound of our voices. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I don't. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's just remind people that earplugs are for teenagers and not for our podcast. Thank you very much. Please don't block us out. Anyway, all right, let's do our list of five things, our top five deep dive. So Lisa's going to start off with the spooky middle grade because that is totally her wheelhouse. And if you haven't read her first book, 
please do, because it's a great illustration of writing spooky middle grade. So my books aren't generally like spooky scary. I would never classify them as horror. I think they're more spooky. There's ghosts and but it's more spooky humor. But it's still a ghost story. Well, I feel like spooky and horror are not the same. They're not, but they're both really hot right now. Yes. And I I feel like you're seeing horror that's hot in all areas. It's hot in adult and it's hot in YA and it's hot in middle grade. But of course, middle grade, you're you're more limited in what you can do because these are younger kids. There's there's a right. limit to what you're allowed to to put out there. I think smook, spooky implies to me that they're going to be ghosts and other elements that can be a little bit frightening, but it's not going to make you weep with fear. Right. <laughs> right. Right. So I think, um, and especially middle grade is so different. You know, I think when we spoke with one of our guests the other day, he was talking about how in like YA and adult fiction, you can really like take your time allowing the reader to get to know the character so that you're vested in them and you care about what happens in middle grade, I don't really think you have that leeway. You know, I really think in the, in the right at the beginning, you need to start with a great hook. And that means like in the first chapter, their attention span is so limited, you know, with all the screens and graphic novels and, you know, visuals, visual content. I really feel like you need to start off with a bang in the first chapter and not wait. Then this is specifically from middle grade. Yeah. And it's also true that you don't have as many pages, you know, an adult novel runs about 350 pages, a middle grade novel runs about 250. You have a lot less space to work out those things. And I think you're hundred percent right. There has to be something quick that grabs their attention to keep them going to the next chapter. Otherwise they're just going to go watch YouTube videos. Absolutely. And especially in this kind of story, they're like wanting it to happen. And so generally in the first chapter, I introduce the ghost right away and I don't necessarily say this is a ghost or that this is a spooky element, but I definitely plant the seed that this is something to keep turning the page for. So for me, the, the first big tip is start with a great hook in the first chapter. Yeah. I think that is super important for all the reasons that we've just talked about. So my next tip is keep the pace fast. And this is like true, I think, for any middle grade story, especially if you're telling a ghost story or a spooky story, you kind of want to start building that tension. And it's so important in keeping that young reader's interest as you're moving through a spooky story. So there has to be elements in each chapter that really lay the groundwork for that spooky story. And that keeps the rate, the reader turning the page. So that's, that's my second big tip is keeping the pace fast, making sure there's those elements in each chapter. And you're building suspense. That quick pace is helping you build suspense because you're moving from one thing to the next to the next. And it's all building toward whatever climactic scene you're going to put in later. But that pace helps the suspense. It makes it more intense because it's coming at you really quick. So I like number two, that is super important. Actually, I think number two is important for anything that you're writing nowadays for the reason that people don't have an attention span. You have to keep it quick or they're just going to, you know, just going to fade off to their phone. 
Well, and I think, and I'm sure this is a pretty basic tip, but for anybody who may not know this is just like the, the sentence structure, you know, if you want to build that tension, shorter sentences mixed in, like mixed it in with longer sentences. But when I'm like going through something that I feel like is an important scene, I really shorten up the sentences and make them almost like choppy so that you're kind of moving on at a um, faster clip. I like to think of it as when you are scared, your heart is pounding. So your pacing is your heartbeat. Like keep up with that heartbeat. Like that's that fast, quick staccato heartbeat. When you're feeling that fear, that's how you want to be writing. Mimic that pace. That's good. That's good. And I do when I'm writing like that, I'm kind of like, ooh, ooh, like putting it down really quick. You yourself get really like anxious because, you know, you're trying to, you can see it in your head and you're just trying to get on the page. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Okay. So number three, use humor to offset scary scenes. And, you know, children or kids respond better to humor and maybe more tolerant of scary scenes if they can relieve the tension with a little bit of jokes and humor and something that kind of like takes them back to their safe space. If you're having a scary scene, um, like I've said, my scenes aren't too scary, but I've noticed in some spooky middle grade books, there are authors that do this really well where they'll, they'll kind of splash in a little bit of humor to create like almost a safe touchstone for kids that they can go to and um, find their happy space. And then you can continue on with the scary part like a balance right you've got to have you can't put the pedal down and keep it down for the duration of the book so you have to give kids a little bit of a a break from the intense scary stuff so I feel like humor is a great great way to do that it's like you're off gassing right and you're just getting a little bit of relief and then you can jump back into it yeah. And I think somebody who does that really well is Ali Malaninko. Ali does that really well. She does horror and, but she's also adds those elements of humor that make it a little bit of a less scary space for kids. And it's more accessible to more kids because they're going right. to be kids who can't take that level of intensity for a long period of time. It's just too much. There are a lot of adults who can't do it. Uh, so I feel I like can. if you've got Right. I am not going to be the first one to like line up to see the the Exorcist reboot for sure. So I think if you can stop, why (laughs) did you bring up the Exorcist? (laughs) I don't know. Just to mess with you. Because it's late where I am and I'm tired and I I shouldn't have said it because now it's going to be in my head too. That is such a scary movie. That is the thing of nightmares It's terrible. I hate that movie. It's terrible. I slept with the lights on for years over that one. Okay, let's go. Let's move beyond that. So number four is make the protagonist a strong, likable character with a side of flaws. And I'll touch back on that in a second. Um, this is just important in middle grade fiction where the reader identifies closely with the main character. And I'm going to tell like a little side story in regards to this. I got a review one time. <laughs> I'm not even like going to go into the full story. But it was I'm scared already. I know. Well, it's the only actually it's the only negative review I ever got. And it was from another author. And she thought that my character set a bad moral example in Ollie Oxy. What? Ollie Oxy didn't have moral problems. His moral compass was true. But she felt like he was flawed. And I just I'm really passionate about the fact that 
your characters, especially in middle grade, should be flawed. They should have like, they can't be perfect. They need to have. Well, and perfect is just plain boring. Kids don't want to look at somebody. They're not looking for a role model in their book. They're looking for another kid that they can relate to. And to me, that's really important is having a flawed character in middle grade that they have to be, and they don't even need to be perfect at the end. Maybe they've grown a little bit in their story arc, but I love flawed characters. And like in Ollie Oxley, he was really snarky and just kind of like kind of snotty in the beginning. (laughs) So, but I remember, um, I think Kirkus Review said something about, you know, by like a third of the way through, she smoothed out the edges of the character. And so it's like, it's okay for your character to be a little messy and a little flawed. And so that's well, otherwise they have nowhere to go. You don't have anywhere to send them if they're not having to work through some of the things that their flaws have, have wrought, right? Because their behavior and their, the way that they've been acting is going to create certain situations that they then need to transcend or work around or whatever. It just, if you have a perfect character, I don't, I don't know where you go with that. Yeah. And so that's kind of a a side note that I was when I was looking at coming up with this list. Okay, and the last number five is have a happy ending. Kids like to be scared as long as it works out in the end. Like so I've, you know, I've, I've always read stories and looking for that moment, if there's not the happy ending, it kind of leaves me feeling a little like, like when it happens, I don't want to read any book kids, young adult, adult, whatever that have sad endings. I'm just like starting a campaign against sad endings. I know there are lots of books that have sad endings and they're great books, but I don't want to feel like I'm down at the end. You know, if they kill the cat at the end or the dog, I'm out. (laughs) Yeah. I'm the same way. It's just like it, I guess maybe I should rephrase that. Everything just needs to work out in the end. You know, if, it, if it's a scary story, if I guess if it's a little sad, I don't know. I guess it's well, okay. And it doesn't but... have to work out. Sometimes the kid has a vision of his life and it doesn't necessarily have to work out like that, but it has to be something that feels fulfilling and acceptable to him. And whatever he has learned has got to be integrated into his life in a positive way. I mean, again, most books are, you know, not most, but a lot of books don't end that way. But I think you're right, especially with something that's scary. Even if you plan to have a sequel to give some sort of win at the end so that you don't feel like the kid is just kind of still lost at the end of the story. Yeah. You know, I think it's okay to take someplace kids, someplace a little scary and spooky, as long as we can lead them back out into a fun, happy place where it's safe and, and all's good. So yeah. Those are kind of my five things that I look at when I'm writing a story and especially spooky. But again, mine aren't generally spooky, scary. Uh, mine are just spooky, like spooky ghost stories. And I don't well, know they're go- yours are ghost stories with a lot of heart and a lot of humor. And I think it's like putting a toe into the pond. It's got some spookier elements, but it's not going to blow your socks off so that you're, you know, you're hiding under the bed. You're like, nope, I'm too scared, not opening my closet, that kind of thing. So I think for those readers who kind of like the idea but are not quite ready to go whole hog into something that's horror. I feel like yours are a great place to start for that because they are, you know, they are really 
kind of laced through with this this funny stuff and these characters that are very heartwarming. So, and I think there's a lot of really good middle grade books out there that are spooky. And then if you're comfortable with that and the, the young readers like that, then they can move into the scarier stuff. And even yeah. like some of the scarier stuff is in middle grade is still pretty safe and it's fun, still fun to read. You get a little bit scared. Um, I think The Night Gardener, which is one of my favorites, like I was up at night, like this is scary, but in a fun way. You know what I mean? It's not yeah, like. Yeah. But that's good because it is so popular because spooky and horror is so popular. It It is great that in middle grade, you can now find something on the continuum for your young reader or yourself if you're reading them. There's something for everybody now, which is amazing. Well, the other thing is that it's off the hook right now. Like ghost stories, spooky, horror, like in, in all genres as far as like middle grade, young adult, adult fiction, like it is off the hook. Everyone's looking for it right now. Everything you read says those are the shelves that are selling well. The horror Isn't that interesting? and I the wonder spooky. why that is. It's just I think there's probably a whole series of episodes where we could explore that. Right? Yeah. Just look around the world. It is literally on fire. So I feel like it probably helps. I don't know. I have a whole lot of sociological theories about it, but we're not going to go into those right now. Can I recap quickly? Yes. So number one, start with a great hook. Number two, keep the pace fast. Number three, use humor to offset anything scary. Four, make the protagonist a strong, likable character that kids can identify with. And five, have a happy ending if you can swing it. Is that about right? That's about right. All right. These are great. I love lists. This is making me so happy. I can't even tell you. This is our new thing. Well, until we decide to change it up. We are constantly evolving. I know. We are a rebranding machine. That's what we do here at Writers with Wrinkles. Because, you know, it's an important thing as you grow and evolve to adapt and change. So there you go. All right, my friends. That is all for today's episode. We will be back next week with agent and author Eric Smith. I thought our conversation with him was incredibly interesting for so, so many reasons. So I'm hoping anyone out there who's preparing to find an agent is in the trenches. I hope you will be sure and tune into that one because I think you will find it interesting too. And until then, happy reading, writing, and listening. Bye, Lisa. Bye, Beth. Bye, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Writers with Wrinkles. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.